Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast where we're just going to talk nicely about the Toronto Maple Leafs this week because the sky is not falling, the season is not done, the parade is not cancelled, we're not blowing up the team, we're not selling our assets for picks because we still got, what, 71 games left in the season? But with that being said, I'm absolutely freaking out. What is going on with this team? What happened to the immense amount of talent that we gave boatloads of money that equal, what, I think about 20 countries, different countries is GDP? Whatever that means, I forget. What happened to, we, we retooled, this was supposed to be our time. We got a couple guys that we need that are on expiring contracts. This was supposed to be the season. But nevertheless, let's go over what happened this past week, who I liked, who I didn't like. Always we got to point out who who showed the most amount of grit because we are a grit podcast. It might not show, but we are a big time, big grit podcast here. Um, and looking forward to the Leafs upcoming schedule as well. So let's take a look back at uh, the week that was. I mean, just to gloss over the two wins in... Uh, uh, Detroit in that home against Minnesota. I mean, both teams, well, there's not too, too much to say about them. I mean, they're both trying to gun for Byfield. I don't know. We haven't really come up with don't try for buy. I don't know. And Lafreniere as well up, up there. Very good, a very good draft, actually. We'll get, we'll talk about them later into that draft class later into the season. But, uh, yeah, Detroit, Minnesota are both gunning for top picks in this draft, and the Leafs beat them. And if they didn't, I oh, this would be a much angrier episode, much. But anyways, how did they beat them? Pretty much just on speed. Uh, from what we saw in the Detroit game, the bottom six just outskated, outmatched Detroit's depth guys, even at sometimes the the top guys. Um, as always, we did get some great goaltending from Frederick Anderson. Uh, Minnesota, he had to bounce back. He let in a couple softies, but some great goaltending from Frederick Anderson. As always, he's the guy's an absolute wall. Fred X. Gotta love him. Can't believe we used to rely on Bernier to him. Anywho, but yeah, just outskated, outmatched both of those Detroit and Minnesota games. Not much, too, too much to break down there. Also, they were a while ago. Uh, the Washington game, going to gloss over that one as well. Real quick, uh, just ran into... I mean, the 2 nothing goal that Makayev scored, honestly, to me, that took the wind out of the Capitals, I thought, out of the arena. We're on the road. Soupman walks in on a breakaway shorthanded scores. I thought Washington's arena was a little bit... Uh, deflated there but the Leafs they give up one they get into some penalty troubles bing bang boom you're behind the eight ball and you lose the game that's how it works right um but now to get into the games that are more recent more fresh in our heads um the game against the Bruins Saturday night rivalry game at home gotta love it you gotta show up as well we were introduced, actually, this game to the Matthews-Marner-Janssen combination. 
Uh, some mixed reviews, but on for, in my opinion, I thought that uh, Matthews Marner did pretty darn well. I mean, overtime winner, they scored a goal in there as well. Uh, Marner two points in there, Matthews one point obviously on that nice feed to Mitch Marner in overtime. A couple other chances in there as well. Um, but I think mainly this game was won by Frederick Anderson. Um, to start the game, I mean, even there were, there was a lot of other pieces. So let's break it down. I thought capping and more to start. Speed, energy. Puck gets into the offensive zone. You get some good saves. The crowd's behind you. You get that opening goal where Janssen chipped it in. Marner gets it to Morgan Riley. Shot hits hits a logo, hits a knee, hits a this, hits that, hits your grandmother, and it goes into the net. You're off to a good start. I mean, and then uh, on top of that, a little Dimitro Timoshov action. I like the way that he played this week. I mean, he's really showing that he is a talented player and that he's going to press to move up into this lineup. Maybe, maybe not as soon as this season but in the future he's he's got a future with the, the blue and white i gotta say he's got a future in the league plain and simple i just i don't want to you know put too too much investment into what four games or whatever but uh dimitro timashov nice little snipe for your first of the year turnover created by timashov and gochier each timashov comes across nice little shelf on halak how do you do but um Anyways, we, we move on in this game. Um, Jake DeBrusk, what's it been? Three years in this league he's been in here? This guy has just become a Leafs killer. From a non-partial, I don't know if I'm using the proper words on this one, but anyways, an unbiased standpoint, Jake DeBrusk was awesome in this game. And, I mean... He gets the goal. He had a couple other great chances in this game as well. Um, they, he, he was left wide open on this one too. Kerfin kind of didn't follow him. Muzzin was in there as well. But uh, Jake DeBrus, the leaf killer to get Boston onto the board. Um, but mainly in this game, just Frederick Anderson. Just a wall. Dude, he's a wall. Um, wasn't too too happy that we left Boston back into this game. Three, we were able to make it three two. Kerfoot with a nice goal, uh, but then not being able to hold the lead and not including the most recent Boston game. Just a little stat to throw out for you: at one point in each of the Leafs' losses, they held the lead, and I think in two of them, the Washington Montreal one, we had multi goal leads, and we blew it. I mean, it's going to happen. One goal lead's very easy to give up, but to have that many one goal leads and blow them in each of the games? Hey, we've got to be a little bit more responsible. I think the coach also has to take a look at who he's throwing out there, who he's matching up against uh, when we have a lead kind of thing. But, uh, anywho, I thought that overtime as well. Moving into the overtime, just going to go straight to the... Um, the best part of the game, but uh, the overtime was wow. I thought Matthews Marner just 
dominated the overtime. Couple great chances. Uh, I posted one of them where Marner pretty much made Bergeron fall down at one point. Uh, just they're so fun to watch on three on three. I'll get into the Columbus. I understand we lost against Columbus, but still we don't. I, eh. It happens, give and take, I guess. But um, yes. Anywho. We move on from that Boston game. Um, overall, in this one, in uh, in this one, Dimitro Timoshov, Trevor Moore combining for 12 hits. Dimitro with seven, Trevor with five. Love seeing the grit there. Gotta love it. Um, ultimately, the possession game was won by Boston, and was won again by Boston actually last night as well. But um, yeah, that's gonna happen. I mean. And then also the big story about this game, having zero power plays. I mean, Leafs Nation is going to nitpick that they got zero power plays. And I'll get into this in my closing notes for this week. But zero power plays. Yikes. It's it's tough. You're giving the other team three opportunities where they scored one. And you're just getting zero? I mean... Is that bad refing, or is it they, they just can't draw penalties? But anywho, I did see actually, I did post Charlie Coyle interfering with Matthews on the Bruins' third goal. But you know, it was like three blind mice out there at times. Anywho, moving on to this Columbus game, which started and pretty much set Leafs Twitter ablaze. Where the Jackets go up 2 nothing, uh, And what starts with... I mean, he's kind of become the new whipping boy. Because Kapanen had himself a great week. Get into that in a bit. But Marner giveaway on the first goal was brutal. And then the second goal... Austin Matthews loses his man. Uh, Martin Rinson is doing God knows what. He had, he had one of the worst periods I've ever seen an NHL player have. Martin Marinson. But Dubois beats Matthews. We've seen that a little bit with Matthews. He, he tries to to get them on the stick check there. I, I, Dubois just uses his body, gets through him, because Matthews doesn't have the greatest positioning. For some reason, Martin Marinson's skate is in pretty much in Frederick Anderson's pad, and Dubois slides it in. And then I'm going to rag on Marinson for this period, because this was just the worst... 20 minutes of hockey I've seen from an NHL player pretty much ever. So, too deep in the crease for some reason and on that first goal. A nice little giveaway chance. Also, he was walked for a nice chance as well. And I don't have the exact numbers of how much he played, but a guy that played a total of 8.30 in this game and maybe Part of that was because he had such an awful first period, but three blatant, terrible plays, and you played 8.30 in this game? Like, how much horrible is that per 60? I can't even imagine. That is like, like trying to watch a Hallmark movie horrible per thirty per 60. Just terrible. I don't know. No wonder he got stressed. Scratch for Jake Gravel. I, not Jake Gravel. Kevin Gravel. 
shout out Bulldogs Jake Ravel. Um, the next game, but I really did like that uh, this team did fight, and this team did show you, and they showed us a bunch last year that uh, they're talented, and they can turn a game just like that, and that's what they did. I mean, shorthanded. Who caused the who caused the first goal against Mitch Marner? Who caused the first goal for? It's a little give and take with these guys. I don't know how people haven't noticed that yet. But shorthanded, Marner, Kapanen, bing, bang, back of the net. Beautiful. What a sight to see. I'm shorthanded too. Mitch Marner is just so deadly shorthanded. Watch out. Um, and then we got some... It's hoop shoving season, boys. <laughs> and uh, Corpus Allo, I thought he was... I think I called him the worst goalie in the league at one point. He made some saves in this game. Oh my god, he made two... It's, sorry, two in one sequence. Um, Nylander to Matthews, nice save. And I believe it was Janssen to Matthews. Another really nice save there with the blocker. Um, and then shortly after that, um, Nylander to Matthews to Janssen. Another robbery in front of the net. But Corpus Allo, just a couple gorgeous saves in this first period here. But the Leafs eventually did get one. Uh, a nice slap pass from Janssen to Matthews in front. You know, you give and you take. Who caused the, Who was a big part of the defensive deficiency in the first two goals? And who got them their next two? And ultimately, I mean, other than those in that play, I think Matthews had a pretty good game this day. This, this uh, pretty good game this game. Pretty good. Did a pretty good job this game. I don't know. Anyhow, English guy over here. Uh, but moving on into the rest of the game, um, we got uh, Mitch Mar- uh, William Nylander, who had what I'd call an undercover good week. And again, I'll get into that later. And I mean, Frederick Anderson. Just another great period. He made one save. Uh, it was kind of a pass across off a scramble. Uh, that was a, a gorgeous save there. Um, and William Nylander finally got one. I mean, this guy misses the net so If he could just aim it a little bit better. I swear, he, he, he'd score 30. But finally, he, he, he gets a wide open cage. Which is apparently what he needs every single time. Um, the turnover created by CeCe. My guy, CC stands still. Don't forget that. Um, Austin Matthews with the shot after the takeaway. Janssen rebound created. And then Nylander buries it. I really like the chemistry of this line. Um, I thought all this week Marner Matthews was good. But just Nylander Matthews just hits Diffie. And then Janssen's just such a good complimentary piece to... I don't, pretty much anyone he plays with. Put him, put him on the Cumberland Red Star. He'll be a good fit with uh, pretty much anyone. He's just got such a good, well-rounded game. But um, obviously, third period, they couldn't hold the lead, and uh, it sucks because you know you you take that penalty. Um, you know the Leafs give it away. Gauthier takes the trip. Um, I don't. I mean call it a bit of a soft one but uh, why are you turning it over in the neutral zone like that um 
And then this one also sucked for Morgan Riley, just taking one off the ass. That one did look like it hurt. And then just right back to Wierenski and then Wenberg, who's having himself a little comeback season there, buries it. Um, and then in overtime, just Frederick Anderson makes a couple stellar saves. And as a goalie, when you make a fantastic save like that, and then your team either doesn't get the puck out or they take a penalty, it's just like, guys, do something out there. Personally, I think the penalty on Mitch Marner was a little soft. Uh, but, yeah, that penalty shot by Gustav Nyquist was pretty nice. I think it was very textbook, we'll call it. Comes in, a little bit of speed, starts it from one hand. Er, sorry, has it on his forehand, just takes his momentum and just rips it low blocker and is able to essentially just outspeed Frederick Anderson on that one. Um, nice goal. Um, in terms of this game overall, uh, I, I thought the Leafs played pretty well. I mean, give up two quick goals like that to start. Uh, it was pretty evenly matched. Not, that's not to say, I mean, Columbus also did play pretty well too, but to dig yourself a hole like that, I thought they did a great job getting themselves out of it, but uh, they were matched by a Columbus team that showed up to play. And, I mean, Columbus was slated to miss the playoffs by a lot. Um, I don't think they've lost a regulation game in, I think it's five after that one. Around five. So, kudos to them. They showed up to play this time. And that's not to say last time they didn't show up to play. They they did. They, they had a couple of great chances in that uh, Leafs win in Columbus. But, yeah. Advantage Columbus this time. Uh, this Leafs game. Um, I wasn't in love with it. <laughs> uh, pretty good game by Kapanen. Undercover good game by uh, by Nylander there. He had that uh, the assist, but also in the first period, he had one decent chance where uh, he didn't miss, surprisingly. Rask got the glove in on him. And then also one where he was teed up and then just, as always, just missed. Like, ah, oh, damn it, hit the net. But that stunk to see. Um, just overall, I didn't, just didn't feel like there was enough. I mean, Hutchinson came to play this one. 34 saves. Um, I think that disallowed goal, I didn't quite like by him. I thought he made a pretty good save along the side of the net. But then as it came out in front, that rebound's got to be you know, uh, absorbed into your chest kind of thing. That there can't be a rebound if it's hitting you in the bread basket like that. But nevertheless, it didn't count. Um, Boston on home ice just—they had the advantage in, in this one pretty much the entire game. Um, Tuka Rask, I just one comment I got to make. It's just poetic that. Andrew Raycroft interviewed Tukarask in Tukarask's 500th game. Playing against the Leafs, too. Just poetic, the way that it all just fell into play. I mean, we needed Justin Pogge Skyped in or something, just weaved into this night just to make it all complete. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Raycroft Rask was just good enough for me. That was awesome. Um, 
per usual, I mean, Patrice Bergeron didn't have a point in this game, which kind of surprised me. Six shots on goal. A couple like, just did did his Patrice Bergeron thing. Just had a couple great chances, great passes, but I mean that line, that Bergeron, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line just ate the Leafs' lunch in this one. <clears throat> they, I mean, two points from them, and then also undercover Leafs killer. He had a pretty good chance in the first period. He had the assist on the in the insurance goal by Lindholm. And that's Sean Corrali. I think last year, that game that Hutchinson started against the Bruins, I believe it was the last one of the regular season, Corrali had three points. I don't know what it is. Maybe his size, he's got a little bit of speed to him. But he's an undercover uh, Leafs killer there. The Brust, the Leafs killer with an assist as well. So, anyways, just closing notes on the week. Disappointing. Stretching back even to, I mean, a record of 1 1 and 1, but I mean, it's, it's just a disappointing week. You, I wish you, I saw more consistency from our top guys. I mean, as I mentioned, there was, I mean, Matthews this week, he had some highs, he had some good highs, assisting on an overtime winner, two points against Columbus, a couple great chances against Columbus. But then he had some lows where it was just it couldn't match up against uh, Pasternak on that Marshawn goal. As, couldn't match up as well as you would have liked him to play defense against him. Um, getting bullied by uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in the corner on that second goal in the Columbus game. Uh, so very up and down week for him. Uh, as for Marner, up and down for him as well. I mean, I don't think he played quite as well as Matthews did, but... Just overall, I mean, we say it's not a great start for the season for Marner. Who leads the Leafs in points right now? It's Mitch Marner. 12, po- 12 points in 11 games. So, I mean, has he been playing as well as we have seen Mitch Marner play before? No. But, I mean, he has been doing something out there. I mean, he's taking a little bit too much flack, I think. But, anyways, um, Morgan Riley also, I thought, had a better week. That guy just carries the puck so, so well. Played a ton of minutes against Columbus, 27. Um, Led the Leafs in ice time last night with 25. Um, And then the two goals against Boston on Saturday and also playing 25, almost 26 minutes again there. So, pretty solid week by... Morgan Riley. Uh, I'd say the best out of our defense. Um, that Muzzin Berry combo. I'd just like to see a little bit. I mean, I think they were a little bit too quiet this week. Um, for a number one pairing, I'd really like to see more out of them. Kind of thing. Uh, I, I believe they can turn it around. It's still very, very early. Uh, as I said, Nylander with an undercover pretty good week. And I say undercover because. I mean, against Boston on Saturday, wasn't that great. Had a couple good chances against Boston then last night. And then against Columbus, as I mentioned, set up Matthews for a couple great plays. Had that goal as well. Had a very, very good game 
against Columbus, I'd say, on uh, election night. Damn, can't believe they put game on election night. Ugh. Made uh, what's-his-face who I voted for. I couldn't believe they lost or won. But on election night, William Nylander came to play. Uh, as for who really, really... I can't comment on lines this week because they were just put in, in a blender kind of thing. A guy that stood out for me this week, 100% Kasperi Kapan. And his speed is just incredible the way that it, it he's able to create chances off the off the rush he showed off his one time or two this week which got him a couple goals in his last couple games there uh, but it seems like the more gritty and the less talented line mates you give Kapanen such as Kerfoot and more <laughs> the better that he does like the second he was taken off that Marner Tavares line which demoted, in quotations, to the third line. He's been awesome for the Leafs. And, I mean, penalty kill, he's been good. And then five on five, he's been good as well. And he got a power play goal last night in there, too. So, Kasperi Kapanen, that, I mean, awesome week from him. Love to see him keep that up. Uh, Kerfoot, here and there, I didn't, I mean, last night, he did have the goal and the assist. He had a good game. I mean, I think one of the goals by Boston, he did kind of cause by uh, turning it over in the neutral zone there. But, I mean, small error there. thought he played... He still played well. Um, against Columbus, though, nothing. And then on Saturday against Boston, he had that big goal. Uh, I believe it was the third goal confirming, yes... The third goal for Toronto uh, in the third period there. So, decent week from him. Um, that Those third-line kind of guys as well. Uh, Shout-out to Trevor Moore. Leads the, uh, leads the Leafs in the most important stat, and that is hits, obviously. Uh, followed by Dimitro Kimashov. So, shout-out to those two, obviously. Keep banging the boards. Love it. Um... As I mentioned, 34, very, very up and down week. Marner, a little less ups. And he's, he had his downs this week, too. Uh, Justin Hole surprised me this week. And he, I mean, in a week where we saw one defenseman come out of the lineup, it wasn't him. I mean, he had Frankie Corrado status tattooed. Frankie Corrado, Josh Levo status tattooed on him, in my opinion, coming into the season. And he had, he's been okay. I'm not going to rave about it. I'm not going to say, oh, he, he's fantastic. He deserves more minutes. No, no, he does not. But his passing ability is not too, too bad. He likes to throw the body a little bit. He's a decent skater. He has made his mistakes. He's a third-pairing defenseman. I'm not saying he's anything more. But Hole has surprised me. I was one of those guys that said Hole hasn't been even that that great in the AHL I mean let's not gush and rave and say he's a first pairing uh overreaction first pairing NHL defenseman but he's been okay and he deserved a spot in this lineup it's gonna be tough for him when um Travis Dermott comes back but he has earned he has earned his ice time I'll I'll say that uh so yeah in summary Kappen and I put number 100% great week Kerfoot, pretty good week. Solid two out of three for Nylander this week. And then just those top guys, very, very up. 
and very, very down. Um, my first start of the week, yeah, Kapanen, Frederick Anderson, obviously, as I mentioned, the goaltending. I'll just give it to the goaltending because I didn't think Hutchison played too, too bad last night. He made a couple good saves in there. Maybe some rebound issues, but the goaltending, I think, was solid this week. Unfortunately, just inconsistently plagued them. And one technical thing, I, I don't even wouldn't even call this technical, but one thing that I noticed with the Leafs, um, we took two bad penalties against Boston where... We were hemmed in our own zone. This is Boston on Saturday. Hemmed in our own zone, took a penalty. Same thing happened against Columbus. They're just bad penalties really killed them. And for a team that doesn't draw that many penalties, I mean, last year they drew the least amount of penalties and took the least amount of penalties. Well, what happened? We took away Kadri, our best penalty drawer. And now what are you left with? So you really can't be taking these offensive penalties or you these lazy penalties, or not lazy, tired penalties when you're hemmed in your own zone or you're putting yourself at a big disadvantage. So penalty penalty differential to me moving forward is going to be quite interesting for the Leafs because they can't, they absolutely cannot be aff- affording to take these stupid penalties. So, yeah. Looking ahead to the least schedule this week. Uh, Friday, they have San Jose at home. And then in Montreal on Saturday. And then Washington after that at home. So just a quick look at this San Jose game. I mean, off the bat, San Jose is in Montreal the night before that. And then comes to Toronto at home. So we're playing a team that's coming off a of back-to-back Possibly paying, playing their backup goaltender against us, which it doesn't matter. I don't know what the hell is going on with that San Jose. I mean, the shark is a curse, apparently, if you're wearing goalie pads right now. So, I mean, this is Toronto's chance to really get themselves out of this little rut that they've been in. And I think I said that against Minnesota, but in a different context. So, it's going to be quite interesting to see how they they really have to come out strong against this San Jose team that's really going to be battling uphill in this game. I mean, on the road, coming off a back-to-back where they were on the road the night before. That's a little bit of a challenge for the, for, for the Sharks there. Uh, one other thing, oh, Mario Ferraro, who is from Toronto, is going to have first NHL game in Toronto. Knock on wood, so he's not scratched. Um, he's gonna have to buy a ton of tickets for this game. I hope Big Joe or someone's helping him out because he he's gonna have a lot of people watching this game for him. Uh, so against San Jose, I think we have a really really good advantage there. Um, and then Montreal, in Montreal, the number one thing that I look out for in these back to back games is the second half of the game. The second half of the second period and the third period is really where the fatigue sets in on the on these team, on any team pretty much, Leafs included. So it's we're going to need another big game from Hutchinson to hold strong in that second half of the game and you're obviously going to need a very good start. Um, one thing to watch out for with Montreal uh, and that 
they burned us on last time is that the Leafs with I mean the CC Riley line especially speed off the rush killed them on uh, kills them on defense. It's so tough for them to to manage. So kind of getting those line matches correct and making sure and hopefully they realize this and they've corrected this that they're not giving up a thousand chances off the rush will hopefully give us a better chance to win obviously but um yeah i have a tough time believing that we're going to score another we're going to put up another five burger on carry price who actually last game i last game he played against the least i had no problem with that i thought he made some great saves just he was let down uh on on defense by his team and then last thing to point out with Montreal, they really do like uh, that left side one-timer to Weber. So hopefully we're able to eliminate that. Hopefully Montreal tries that every single time again. But uh, hopefully the Leafs are able to game plan and uh, adapt to that one. So yeah, advantage in the first game. And then obviously the back-to-back. This is not rocket science. It's going to be a little tougher. You're playing... A smaller, faster team on a back-to-back with them at home. That challenging enough for you? Closing out with Washington, we saw what Washington can do to you. The Leafs are a faster team. So if the game remains 5-on-5, I have the utmost confidence in the Leafs. It's those penalties that killed them last time and will kill you again. Like You have to play the speed game with Washington... You have to play the 5-on-5, five five, uh, clog up the neutral zone on them, uh, get those zone entries. The controlled zone entries are going to be key for the Leafs, as well as capitalizing off uh, mistakes made at the blue line from Washington. That's how you win that game. I mean, it's, it's pretty general, obviously. I'm, I'm not, we haven't gotten to that game yet. It's too far in advance to actually like nitpick, line match, all of that. A lot can change in that time, especially with a team that's struggling and has been changing things up rapidly and... Tavares going to be back by then? I actually don't know who can disregard. So, interesting week ahead. Three teams that are no scrubs. I mean, there's no free points. I don't see any free points uh, this week. I don't call the San Jose game free points simply because San Jose, they got a great team there. But you got to capitalize on that. So, that pretty much wraps up this week. I'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in.